This is the Tasty Bits Podcast. Follow at Tasty Bits Pod on Twitter, Reddit, and Threads. Subscribe to the Tasty Bits Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to partake. I am your host, Dino DeCespedes. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Grand Angle. What is up, man? Probably maybe not the only. Maybe there's another Grand Angle out there somewhere. But I think there are. You're the only Tasty Bets Pod Grand Angle, so we'll just leave it at that. So what's up, man? Yes, and probably thank God for that. I'm sure a lot of people are very grateful. The one, the only. I, I'm sailing today, fresh off a couple important victories for both club and country. So I'm going to use that <laughs> that momentum and just keep on pushing us forward. Wonderful. So we're going to carry that momentum into episode number 30. So congrats to us. We made it. Uh, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. So semifinals are done. We have our finals matchup. Like you mentioned, you got to be pretty happy with where you landed. Uh, as a show, we finished up this week, 325 bucks or 3.25 units. Let's go. So chipping away, chipping away. You can check the Tasty Stats Google Doc if you want more details there. Uh, and with that out of the way, let's talk about what we saw in the semis. Let's bet some football. Where do you want to get started? I mean, let's get started with the Women's World Cup, obviously. I mean, we'll, I think we can dive a little bit into uh, both of both of the semifinals. I think Spain and Sweden have largely been your accounts since this thing has started. So, I mean, I, I think we should start there and just go ahead because you talked about our young attacking midfielder for, for España. Please regale us because you were right yet again. <laughs> yeah. So just to rewind to last week, I, you know, you kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. What happened? When I, when, uh, when I when I hit you with the uh, Salma Parayuelo, yeah. with with the young Mbappe comp, you kind of you, know, you kind of scoffed at it a little bit, which <laughs> you know, t- t- you know, t- you were well within your right to do that. Uh, but you know, I do remember like a young Mbappe and a fresh faced nineteen year old showing out in his first World Cup, and those were the vibes I got. Right now, I feel not so bad about the comp. <laughs> like I feel like her performance had me thinking about a young Tiger Woods. A young LeBron James, you know, thinking about, you know, could she be, I don't know, like, I, I really let my imagination run wild a little bit. I'm like, is she Neo from the Matrix of women's, yes. you know, football? <laughs> you know, we always love doing that thought experiment. It's like, all right, well, what if we dropped, you know, LeBron into like the Bob Cousy era? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, like, what would that look like? You know, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's quite to that extent, but she does look like, I don't know, a different breed. The force, the pace, her instinct for finishing. You know, you usually don't see that with like these super duper athletes, you know, um, and for her to be doing it at that young an age on this big a stage is like, this is pretty exciting. I think we're watching some some next level shit. Yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, it might have even been an unintentional scoff. I think it was when I hear somebody compare somebody to Mbappe, I was just like, whoa, like that. It It's a lot. And now we're going Tiger Woods. We're going LeBron James. But you're right, like the combination of speed and skill and poise, and you're a teenager, I think the comp makes sense. And yeah, she looks like, I mean, what, it, it probably took Mbappe two years to be at worst one of the three best players in the world. I think she's probably, it's reasonable to think she's on that same trajectory. Just to kind of like draw the, the, the comparison to the U.S. national team, she looked much, much more dangerous than... Than like a Sophia Smith or a Trini Rodman, 
or an Alex Morgan in this tournament. Yep. And we have to keep in mind that she's playing the Sweden team that was the highest ranked team by FIFA still remaining in the tournament. Super yep. dangerous. A team that, that knocked out the USA, that overpowered the, the Japan team that, that we all thought maybe was the best team left over. Yep. There was also a, a hint of, was this Sweden's year? Basically, like how they looked coming into it. They hadn't lost a match until the Spain match. You know, and she just comes in and just not fucking around. Like she just like blasts one and she had to be all over the scouting report. And and to still be able to do that at that age is like, I don't know, man. Like we have to, we're, we're, we're sort of like slicing and dicing these games so finely that it's sort of easy to kind of overlook just how rare what we're watching can be. Yeah. You know, somebody that young that looks that unstoppable. I mean, what is she going to look like two World Cups from now? you know, at 27 <laughs> or, or one world cup from now at 23. That's what, yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be wild. And she's up there with like real, she's playing with real pros, like real, real deal pros and standing out. Yep. I'll just kind of like leave it at that. Actually, I'm not going to leave it at that because we might have some, some anytime goal scorer <laughs> numbers uh, coming down the pike. Yeah. We've got a bunch of hedges going on. The one that hit was Spain to beat Sweden in regulation. I also, Kind of threw out my uh, my parlay with um, Spain advancing and the game going over two and a half. That one ends up hitting, but I think we were I think we were right to kind of stay away from that one. I feel like you're you're sparing me now because at first it was a scoff at the Perriuelo comparison to Mbappe, and then I talked you off the the over. I was like, oh no, Sweden doesn't get, hasn't given up any goals. And as soon as like you know we're in the 78th minute, and I'm like, okay. I think this baby is staying under two and a half and then boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, and she's right over. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, at, at that point I was just not trust. I was the opposite of Selma Pettoyuelo where I was like, I cannot <laughs> trust any instincts whatsoever. I am fucking operating in the dark here. I hear what you're saying though, because that was Spain's back four was awesome. They pretty much played possession in the midfield and then Sweden just didn't have the quality to kind of finish beyond them. And then Sweden used their physicality to kind of hold back the scoring. But then, you know, the, the floodgates opened right at like the 80th minute. I love the point about Spain's back four. So early in the tournament, we talked a little bit about uh, Naomi Gurma for the U.S. And I kind of mentioned how I love when defenders like don't get called out by name on the broadcast just because yep. that's usually a good sign. It's kind of like when you're left guard, you know, you don't hear his name all season. He's usually doing something right. <laughs> right. But I think definitely time to show them a little love. So Katakoi in goal. I thought the Swedes would give her a little bit of a harder time, but she seemed really up for the challenge. You know, she saved two of the oh, three yeah. shots on target, was on point pretty much the whole game. Like nothing, nothing really stood out in terms of um, any kind of like big missteps. And then, yeah, big shout out to their their back four, Laia Codina, Irene Paredes. Ona Batier and of course Olga Carmona, who who did get her name called after the absolute fucking rocket <laughs> that, Jesus Christ. that she buried. And I think for that to happen roughly a minute after Sweden equalizes, that was a bona fide stepping on the neck, you know, from Spain that I don't think we had seen. Um yep. and with with sort of like all the momentum against Spain in that moment, giving up that that late equalizer for um Carmona to just blast that one really tough to come probably impossible to come back from that if you're sweden i think it's so weird to know that there's more time on the clock but effectively the game's over you know just because you did all of that work and to have it just wiped away in less than a minute that was some that's some scary shit 
Yeah, that's the thing is that you get, you feel like you get the last word with the equalizer. And it's like, okay, now let's think about the next 30 minutes. And the, the manager's probably thinking of like, okay, what subs are going to come in? You know, this and that. And then right away, like you said, now it's snatched from you truly in the 11th hour. At the end of the 11th hour, it feels like. And yeah, I mean, it's easy to say now, but you could tell in real time watching the broadcast that was curtains. Like the look on everybody on Sweden's face is like, they're just like, oh, okay, I guess that's it for us. And it's again, Sweden goes out either in a semifinal or a final. And it's a real bummer because they're like, I mean, we've talked about them ever since like we, we started to really pick up on it in the group stage. Like, oh, fuck, this team is awesome. Now they're going to have some more players who are kind of in that 33 or like kind of like 32 to 34 year old range. This is their last World Cup, you would you would think. Yeah. And so it's a bummer for them, but they didn't give it away. Spain took it. Absolutely. And it wasn't like they gave up like a dribbler in the england Colombia right. match <laughs> at the end of the first half. It wasn't like one just kind of like yeah. squirted, you know, through through the legs or something. That thing was blasted. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like it probably left a dent in the uh, in the old woodwork. So I think that, you know, weirdly shouldn't matter, but it, it must have mattered. You know, just the fact that Sweden had kind of like one job. <laughs> Like to do at that point, which is like, let's get it to the extra 30 and, you know, like, let's collect ourselves and, and, and try to take the game at the end. And it was, Spain was like, no, this, this is over. Yeah. I was pretty impressed. I think that was, that was their best performance in my opinion. No doubt. Yeah. And, and probably against their toughest competition, considering that Sweden got through Japan, no problem. And was looking as good as any team I think has looked in the tournament. So yeah. So Spain advances. Got some interesting lines to chew on there. We made a little bit of money with our smart hedge. So very happy about that. And that leads mm -hmm. us really nicely to that one was Australia against some team here. Let me look it up. Let me see if I can make it to the scroll up and down the dock. Who they no. <laughs> so they took on the lionesses of England. And again, I'll lob this one up to you. I'm, I'm really interested to hear about your experience watching this one. Well, I think Lauren Hemp might comment to you from Manchester City Football Club. If you're not familiar, you better get familiar because we fucking walked in. England was just the better team than Australia throughout the entire match. I think they showed it. I think it was pretty evident from the kickoff. Uh, I will give some props to Australia. So I woke up super early this morning. The game had already happened, but I didn't check social media, didn't look at anything, just turned on, fired up YouTube TV, just went right into it and was like, okay, I'm just going to watch this in real time. I'm not going to look at anything. I just want to experience it. And I will tell you, early morning, Grant, pretty surly about the way <laughs> Australia was playing so physical early in the game. I was just like, oh, these fucking hacks, they're fucking coming out here. They're going to foul the shit out of us because we got way more skill, all that stuff. And then kind of in the light of day now, thinking about it, the Matildas had to play that way. So no no beef with them. That was They had to play underdog football. They had to play physical. That's kind mm -hmm. of their nature as a footballing country anyway. But yeah, there, there was one point, there was a throw in. I, I want to say it was like in the first 25 minutes. And it was clearly off of Australia. So I, I want to say it might have been Alatoon picks it up and is holding it to do the throw. And like an Australian player is like pawing at it. Like, no, 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 it's our ball. It's our ball. And I'm sitting there, and it's like 6 a.m. I'm just like, get the fuck out of the way. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> but, but, you know, I get what they were trying to accomplish. But then, of course, I think I'm, I'm just going to start calling it this. You know, we were really powered into victory from what I like to call the Manchester brace. Uh, the aforementioned Lauren Hemp plays for My Sky Blues. 
And then Ella Toon, she plays for the other team that plays in Manchester. So powered by both of their goals. When speaking of like absolute fucking thumpers, Ella Toon, just that first goal. Hello. <laughs> she she knew exactly where she wanted to put it. The pass comes in. It came right past uh, Hemp. And she just fucking rocketed that thing, side netting. And at that, we go up 1-0, and I was like, this thing is fucking over! But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it didn't quite go that smoothly. Australia made it a game. Yeah. It was so funny. Well, we also had um, Australia. On, well, I had Australia under half a goal for the old Chupacabra. Yeah. That one didn't hit. And uh, Sam Kerr obviously gets her wonder goal. Unbelievable. Jesus. Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was still kind of holding, not holding out hope, but I, I was playing the fun mental game of like, well, what if she gets five in this one? Does she get take the golden boot? Do we win her? <laughs> Grant would be pretty bummed about that. No, that's not impossible. I'm like, and then does a third place match count? For, you know, like to the, towards the totals. I was doing all that stuff, but unbelievable strike from Sam Kerr. It was kind of almost worth losing that pick just to kind of see that moment. Yeah. And what tripped me out was this was the exact same scenario that I predicted against France. I said, yep. Sam Kerr is going to get her moment, maybe equalize, maybe cut it from 2-0 to 2-1. And then France is going to like turn it on. And then that's how I got to my 4-1 score. I actually bet over two and a half and over three and a half of France. Like basically almost the exact same blueprint. I was just, again... Yeah. T- the Tasty Bets curse. We're a week early. You know what are we? <laughs> what are we gonna do? Um, we gotta harness this this vision that we have. Yeah, maybe we just need to be patient. Just, I just need to like put stuff in the ice box and just be like, okay, I've got a feeling, but maybe it's not applicable to this week. Either way, really great performance from England. Really great game plan. They didn't get sucked into any of the bullshit. They just played their game. They tried to match the physicality. I think at one point they were they had been called for ten fouls. Australia been called for one. Which is pretty funny. Yeah, um, come on. just a funny graphic, uh, even uh, more comical than the. Uh, but I think I, I feel like Australia didn't quite have the same. You know, they, they went full Cobra Kai against France. I think they yeah. they didn't take that same totally same approach against England. Maybe because they had Sam Kerr back and they were just like, oh, let's. Uh, maybe the yellow card accumulation was was in the back of their mind. But either way, I think this was the exit that I w- I had been expecting for Australia, but. On the same token, they're they're legit squad, you know, and especially with Sam Kerr, like kind of a bummer that we didn't get her the whole tournament just to kind of see what would have came of it. But either way, semifinals, they'll get a shot at the third place medal. Yeah. And we get to watch it one more time. I think they get to be super duper proud of what they've accomplished. But yeah, now we've got our finals matchup locked in England and Spain. Have you had time to play out some scenarios around the final uh, or look at the lines or... Where, where are you at? So I think it's interesting. Like It wasn't all roses for England in this match, but I, I do feel like they pretty much, it felt like they had it the whole way. Like when, when Australia equalized, I was never like incredibly worried about what was going to happen. And I, and I do want to point out, and this is what like, I started to think about it as after Rousseau scores that uh, goal to put us up 3-1. Lady Gunner. Exactly. Uh, I just started to think about, well, Jesus, like, between Lauren James, who's going to play in the final, Rachel Daly, Alessia Russo, Millie Bright, Kira Walsh, and I think Georgia Stanway sometimes, they're just a bunch of players for us who could be the best player on the field for like 20, 30, 40 minute stretches. Um, now, obviously, we talked about like Spain has tremendous pedigree with players from Barcelona and England and Real Madrid all over the field themselves. But I feel like, I feel pretty confident in this one for the Lionesses, if you can believe it. Um, because I just think, and I in, in that in that run of players that I mentioned, 
I didn't even say Lauren Hemp, who's who scored multiple goals across the last couple of games and who was pretty clearly the best player on the field uh, in the Australia game. So looking at the lines, uh, Vegas trying to decide themselves what they got. Spain minus 116 to lift the cup. England is minus 102 to lift the cup. I think it's going to be a fucking dogfight. I, I know, like, I've been scared of these overs. Like, you've been trying to talk me into overs for, like, the last, like, two weeks, I feel like. And I've just been like, no, I'll stay away. And then, like, I think they've often been hitting. But I don't know. Now we're now we're literally at the point that we've talked about, like we talked about in the Champions League. Like, we're in the final now. So now I've been scared to bet the overs because I'm like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tight game. Like a final. Well, now I fucking didn't bet those overs, and now I'm in the final. Well, strap in, because I'm about to try to talk you into another (laughs) over here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There we go. I had a feeling this was coming. Oh, yeah. So my Women's World Cup history dates back to the time when games were ending like seven, eight, nothing. And in a competitive match, if a goal was scored, it was like, okay, that's, I guess, I guess that's it. We can all go home. I think we're in a very different era. All those players that you mentioned, not only do they have the potential to be the best player for a 20, 30 minute stretch, they can all score. That's true. If they get the ball in the right moment with the right angle and the right little crevice, every player that you listed can put the ball in the back of the net. And then you look at that Spain side, kind of the same, you know, they've got legit four or five threats that at any moment, you know, if they're in the box, a shot's going to get fired. Yep. So Spain's last, okay, every single Spain match has featured at least three goals. That's good information. Yeah. Even the Japan loss was 4-0. But yeah, 3-0 three, <laughs> three over Costa Rica, 5-0 over Zambia. I mentioned Japan. 5-1 over Switzerland, 2-1 over the Netherlands, 2-1 over Sweden. Netherlands was a little bit of a cheat because they got the third one um, after the 90. England's last two matches four goals in the australia match three goals in the Colombia match prior to that they had seven in the china match uh, and then they had a few that went under so they've had three goal over yeah. three go under now i think there's so much firepower on both these teams that merps or no merps the ball is going to go in the, in the back of the net a few a couple times you know i think sure. there's some some really live numbers let's just look at the most basic play here over two and a half this is you can see the first one you can see the equalizer i mean i even think Three might be, I don't know, I would have expected that one to be a little bit lower. Over two and a half is plus 137. That feels definitely doable. England's defense looked really good, but you mentioned that you, that you weren't worried or you didn't have any moments. I had some moments. <laughs> like after yeah. Sam Kerr scores, she got the ball in a couple dangerous areas. Right. And I think what might have thrown you off the scent was her shots weren't particularly close, but it did open up some stuff for some of the other players. Uh, on Australia. And I think there was an eight or 10 minute stretch there where I was like, Ooh, this could, this could go two one on to Australia. Like if, if they get another wonder strike or, you know, something wild happens, which, you know, it, it's, it's football. So it does happen. Right. I'll give you one more. Well, let me just give you, so I, I gave you that first one. I like the over plus plus one thirty seven over two and a half goals over three and a half goals. This is a two, two, three, one plus three fifty. I mean, mm. that's really interesting. Now I'll give you one last one for Spain to score in both halves plus 370 for England to score in both halves plus 410. Now I can see a world where both of these teams score in both halves just by the sheer firepower of, of what's possible. And then the added bonus there is once somebody scores, I think this game is very unlikely to stay one nil. Like this isn't a park the bus kind of game like these, like you see Spain even up to, you know, um, over Sweden, they're still firing shots <laughs> like, like you know, three, four minutes into extra time because they're like, ah, eh, you know, like 
we're probably just as likely to make this shot as we are to like earn a corner by, you know, just taking it into the, you know, towards the flag and like trying to kill the clock. Like we might increase our win probability even more by just scoring here and then just like really just yeah. ending it. I think these are all really live. Tell me what you think about the overs. Tell me what you think about the score in both halves. What kind of game are you expecting ultimately? To score in both halves. So I'm with you on the uh, once one team scores and then it's full out attack mode for the other side, which I also think is what opens up the over two and a half. So I think over two and a half plus value, I like that. Plus 137 over two and a half. I think that makes sense. I'm going to be so annoyed if I finally talk myself into this. And then it's <laughs> nil nil. It goes. Yeah. Yeah. Nil, nil, yeah. Nil nil going into halftime. So, I mean, to score in both halves, too, though, that's really interesting because you could just, we could do a sprinkle on each. Oh, yeah. And then if one hits. That's very much a, a sprinkle on each kind of play. I'm not, I'm not here to try yeah. to prognosticate on who I think is going to score in both halves. The, the lines are so attractive that it's like, all right, at least a quarter unit on each of them. I don't want to lose trying to outsmart myself. I'm like, let me just think, let me just roll with, like you said, the momentum, what what I think, what I'm like, honestly, really and truly expecting. And if I lose both of those, I've got my head held high, right? Like, God, okay, there is that, that there is that piece of me that's just like, okay, well, what if it's nervy? And what if, uh, you know, let me ask a quick question. I, I don't want us to, I don't, I don't mean to take us off in a, in a, weird direction because we've already talked about Peta Uelo, but let me ask you this. Do you put her in the starting 11? Hell yeah. I mean, 100%. you would think, right? 100%. I mean, you, what what are you saving her for at this point? Mm -hmm. This is the Super Bowl, right? I mean, this is four Super Bowls in one, right? So, <laughs> right. I mean, you play her the 120 plus if, if it comes to that, 100%, because she's young enough and she's that dynamic. And, like, you you know, you saw her get faster and stronger as the game, you know, progressed. <laughs> I, I mean, I somehow missed, I think I kind of heard it, but it didn't quite register that she has, like, a track background. And then I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you can see, you know, her body type and, like, there's people that run fast um, and there's people that run fast and hard, you know, and, like, she's got that track. Yeah style of like like she can really kind of gallop you know for lack of a better word yeah so you, i think you definitely start her and i think you feed her the ball early and if let's say spain goes up early and england's trying to play the ball in um and the counter opens up like she's a super dangerous threat going back the other way she sure is uh <laughs> i have a little bit of concern so uh i I was curious where you would land on that. So yeah, I think I'm in over two and a half, and I think I'm I'm definitely down for the sprinkle to score in both halves. Because you're you're right. If she gets one early, whether or not even if England doesn't get one in the first half, they're gonna get one. I mean, Lauren James is gonna come back with everything to prove. And so like yeah, England is scoring in this game. If England equalizes, it, it you know you open it back up for Spain to score in the second half. Or vice versa. Well, however it happens, I feel like one of these teams is going to score in both halves. I agree with that. I'm going to get somewhat aggressive here. Just because, you know, it's the end of the World Cup. And, you know, like you said, we're, we're riding some of that positive momentum. Mm -hmm. That was our strategy last week. We're like, all right, we're not going to win it all back, you know, in one week. But what we are going to do is we're going to add to the dock. And we did that. So props to us. We did. I think we uh, we executed. But now this is the final. Like I said, I, was, I think I'm going to get a little bit aggressive here. I think I like a full unit over two and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to do a half unit over three and a half just because plus plus 350. I don't know, man. Like, you know, like there, there's a couple different ways we get to that number. I mean, 
England, Australia ended three to one. It would require, you know, maybe Merps letting one or two past her, which that's always that's always a tricky proposition. She had she was great, you know, goal or no goal. I mean, she she's just a rock back there. But again, the Spain team I think is gonna be the toughest that she's faced. So I like a little oh, yeah. a little sum sum on the over three and a half. So I'm taking that half a unit plus three fifty. And then I think I'm gonna do quarter unit uh for both teams to score in both halves and what i like about that is even if we go nil nil at halftime much like we did spain and sweden the two and a half is still in play the three and a half is still in play if there's just kind of like yep. an explosive you know second half so i kind of like it and ultimately i'm expecting offense so i'm gonna go ahead and just bet on the offense here i like it yeah i'm right i'll ride with you uh full unit over two and a half, and then I'll do quarter unit, uh, both teams to score in both halves. I, I wish you, and you know, I'll be rooting for scoring. Hopefully, it's largely scoring by the Lionesses. Um, but yeah, I'll be rooting for the over three and a half as well. Where do we go from here? Now we've got a couple on the board. So obviously, um, I very stridently, before this World Cup began, pointed into the camera much like Rafael Palmero at the, the steroids trial where, where he did the finger wag. And I said, England is going to win the World Cup. Um, so home. I have that. Uh, it's coming home. Plus 430. So I think on as far as bets on like who's going to lift the cup, I could stay away from that. I, th- I wish the draw in regular time was juicier than plus 190 because I do see a world where this is 2-2 at the end of full time. Um, or like you even said, like in – Hopefully, for the sake of our overbets, it's not nil-nil, but I can see that world existing as well. Time out. I got to go. These caught my eye. And now when you said it, I've got I've to point it, uh, call some attention to it. 1-1 one, one after the 90 is plus 500. 2-2 two, two after the 90 is plus 1,600. Oh, Jesus. Now, I know you, <laughs> I know you sort of like... Uh, you know, brought us down to earth last week when you're like, all right, what are we doing here? We're, we're picking exact scores. Like, is this, are we crazy? <laughs> plus 1600. Again, if we're expecting offense to evenly match teams, I mean, the, the, based on the numbers that you said, Vegas is kind of thinking that the draw is maybe a little bit super live here. So, yeah. um, nil, nil. We don't like that one. I don't think, um, one, one plus 500 and eh, not, not, not tasty enough. Two two though plus sixteen hundred. That's got to be. That's got to mean something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quarter unit for me. Quarter unit for me. I'm not wow, even going to okay. wait for you. Sixteen hundred. Right, Come on, man. It's the final. Like, we got to leave it all out there. <laughs> I'm going to put a crisp ten dollar bill on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I if it, it hits, it's a, it's a buck sixty to the uh, to the dock uh, on go. my on my side. Actually, you know what? I oh. I'm gonna be a, a an old copycat. I like that. Like let, let's let's just not give give it all give it all back. But that that keeps it um, very much in play. Let's both do an old uh, Alexander Hamilton on on the two two <laughs> plus sixteen hundred. Outstanding. You know, it's a little it's a lotto ticket. Why not? Yeah, I love it. A little um, scratchy scratch. So let's go. Uh, let's talk about some some goal scorer props. Because uh, you hinted at it earlier. Okay, so looking at these goal scorer props for the Lionesses, Lauren Hemp is plus 360 anytime goal scorer. Lauren James is plus 380. And Chloe Kelly is plus 370. 
all pretty juicy. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Lauren James coming back from the red card, like exercising all David Beckham related demons and scoring in the final and England winning the World Cup. Uh, plus 380. I don't know. I don't know if it's juicy enough because um, you really have to put at least a quarter unit on it to be worthwhile, I think. So I just wanted to throw those out there to see if anything caught your interest, but I know you got your eyes on, on some others. I think my worry about Chloe Kelly is she doesn't seem to be getting a ton of minutes. And even though it says anytime goal scorer, it's only in the 90 plus injury time, which is kind of a bummer. I think they should, <laughs> they should re retitle uh, this category. That's true. Um, Lauren James, you know, I do get afraid of the, you know, you know, when, when a guy is injured, uh, in the NBA playoffs and they're like, Oh, is it, are they going to be able to drop him back in, in the finals? And he's going to be up to kind of up to speed. And like, that's true. You're kind of throwing Lauren James to the wolves a little bit in this one. Speaking of who's starting, do you think they start her or do you think maybe she's like super sub potential? So I'm glad you asked this question because on the BBC football daily, a couple of the pundits were like, I think Ella Toons earned her right to start after how well she's played the last two games. Uh, shout out to Ella Toon, or as the, the Spanish team will call her, Ella Toon. Um, <laughs> um, I think she's an excellent player despite playing for Manchester United. Lauren James is too good. You have to play her. You have to play her in that number 10 spot. And you can bring Toon off the bench. Maybe not even to spell James. Maybe you want a different look, but you got to play Lauren James, I think. You know, it's tough because the chemistry is not the, not the same as it is with a club team, right? So right. once you do get a little into a little bit of a rhythm, you know, we talked a little bit about last week about maybe uh, managers being a little slow to adjust, but looking at it from that perspective, I can kind of see why you're like, oh, no, no, we, we, we're in a good rhythm and a game, like two and a half games, like we're, we're looking good, we're cooking. But yeah, I think it's a really tough question because she's looked just so dynamic and it's not like you can just kind of bring her in at the 50th minute. You know, you don't have like that that old horse that, you know, kind of needs, you know, replacing, like everybody's like super live, you know, so yep. you're kind of like setting that starting lineup and then really don't touch it mode just to kind of see how the game plays out. I think yeah. she kind of ends up starting. So that could be interesting. The main question is, you know, is she kind of up for the speed and the stakes? Cause she also still is super young. Um, and yep. maybe, you know, we, we just kind of have to see how she responds um, after that that tough moment and the red card, which kind of leaves Lauren Hemp, which I think super live plus three sixty. I might be just about talked into that one. I think she, like you said, she had an unbelievable game today. Of the three, that's my favorite. You know, by by a pretty decent amount. And the odds are like all in the same neighborhood. So why why wouldn't I take Lauren Hemp? Yeah, exactly. And I the only one who like the player who might poach one from her is Alessia Russo. She's at plus two sixty, which is just not quite tasty enough. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we broke out the Alexander Hamilton. I I might do a little a little drop a little one on Lauren Hemp. You know, I I do feel pretty confident in it. That's a quarter unit for me, actually. I I really like that plus three sixty. That's almost close to a full unit in return if we if we hit that one. I'm with you on that. And if we think there's going to be scoring, I think she'll be one of the ones to score. I mean, she has been for the last few games in this tournament. I had a couple on the Spain side that I was looking at. We already talked about Ms. Sama Parayuelo. She's plus 330 anytime goal scorer. Mm. Now, I know that she's probably not going to score a goal, probabilistically, right? You know, she's mm. she's got two monster goals and it's like the the dummy bet of the year is like, oh yeah, she's going to score in the final. She's going to score two in the final. You know, it's like, you know, right. we got to chill. But 
there's something to going to like a you know mid 2000s patriots game and watching tom brady throw a bomb to randy moss right like it's just like it, not saying that it's gonna happen but you just want to you kind of want to see it happen and i think she's just in the zone you know to quote um the great billy hoyle uh from white man can't jump um nice. she's in the fucking zone um plus 330 <laughs> the the odds are are really nice but Again, she's still 19. You know, like the, uh, I'm definitely overpaying for this. Now, where I'm really going to get a little funky is we coined our increment 1.25 units, the unicorn. And I don't know if there's any unicorns on the field. I think Sama Parihuelo is, is, fits the bill there. So I'm going to get real crazy. 1.25 units, Sama Parihuelo, anytime goal scorer, plus 330. I'm putting a unicorn on the unicorn. Look at you. This is incredible. Okay. Um, and you know what? Uh, Kylian Mbappe, he scored a hat trick in the fucking World Cup final. Uh, and Argentina still won. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, I wish you I wish you well on this unicorn. There's something we've talked about the football gods. I don't want to tempt them. So I'm going to – hopefully she gets one. You get your unicorn. And then we can still win three to one. Yeah, uh, I like it. I did have one more pick. Aitana Bonmati, who's been sniffing around the goal for multiple mm-hmm. games, seems super due. She's plus 600. Now, I kind of feel like the overpay that I'm putting on Salma is sort of equates to the underpay that I'm putting on Bonmati. Yeah. I can't quite put a unicorn on it, but I, she's been so unbelievable. I know um, Puteyas is the best player in the world, you know, like, or in that conversation, she's come back from a knee injury and you could kind of see why she's got that billing, but Bonati has been like their backbone. I would say, you know, she's for sure always around everywhere, tackling, intercepting, just opening people up. I think she just gets on the score sheet. I think she's super due. Like I said, plus 600, that was a little bit bigger than I was expecting. Uh, and she's going to be in positions to score a hundred percent, especially if England starts overloading, on some of the other attacking players. So that one's going to be a quarter unit for me on Bonmati. And that is just about all I'm going to do on Spain. Okay. I do want to get into what I, who I expect to lift the cup, which is the Lionesses of England. Wow. Um, Yeah. So despite all the firepower, despite all of the buzz, the odds are just about even, like you said. They're changing every time I look at my screen. They're they're, they're ticking up and ticking down a little bit. So this game's got most. It's got to have a ton of action on it. Spain currently up to the minute minus one sixteen to lift the cup. England minus one hundred two. Um, I like England to win. Speaking of being a couple weeks ahead of the curb, we've talked about uh, Jorge Vilda, their manager. All the 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 weird the weirdness around it. Props to you. You you pointed me to that that uh, video that surfaced on Twitter where where none of the players were celebrating <laughs> with him, and it happened again yeah. after this one. You know, he he needs to kind of turn to his assistant coaches and you know give them hugs. I have to think yep. that at some point, not having a manager whose voice matters and whose tactics matter and are making a difference. You know, I mean, the guy's putting in Pariuelo. <laughs> like at the 60th minute or 70th minute, like it doesn't take sure. a freaking genius to figure out that that's probably what you should do. Um, <laughs> you know, so right. I have to think that, you know, uh, and Serena Vigman on the other side, 
is just playing chess. England, again, is still undefeated in this tournament, and it does feel like it's their time. They've never won the whole thing. Spain is still a relatively new kid on the block, probably due for a little bit of a letdown. I, I do give them the slight edge in talent, but both of these teams are super duper loaded. But I think ultimately the intangibles catch up with Spain, and uh, I think England takes it. I'm putting the two units that I won uh, against Australia on England to lift the cup minus 102. Let's fucking go. Look at you. Welcome to the right side of history, my good man. Where um, else would I be? Damn right. Um, so I heard an interview with Millie Bright after the victory over Australia. The reporter asked her, like, how are you able to just like kind of bounce back relatively quickly after the Sam Kerr wonder goal? And Millie Bright said, I've said it once. I've probably said it a hundred times before. And I'll say it a hundred times after this. It's our mentality. It's that we're just going to keep on going, that we've we're battle tested. And so now I'm paraphrasing. This isn't a direct quote, but the, the part that stuck out to me, she said, it's always our mentality. They're the champions of Europe. They beat Germany and France. I think they beat Spain on the way to that, to that Euro uh, title um, last year. Everybody's very quick to point out, well, the Euros were in England. Well, then they beat Colombia in a, in a game that sounded like it was in fucking Cartagena. And then they beat Australia which, by the way, when we scored the first goal, when Toon scores the first goal, there was like some crowd noise. And I was like, okay, there's like a decent contingent of English fans there. And then when Kerr scored her goal, and then like the camera shaking and I could hear on the broadcast, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Like they were, they were yeah. going nuts. And then uh, you had mentioned they had a couple like chances there. And maybe, maybe I was fronting a little bit when I said I was never worried, especially when Sam Kerr has a shot from like the six yard box and she just kind of popped it over the goal. But yeah, when we scored, when England scored the second one, you could hear a fucking pin drop in there. And then they scored the third one in like the 85th or whatever it was. It was night, night, get on your kangaroos and hippity hop home, everybody. Cut to an Australian so, fan just sobbing. I just think that. <laughs> yeah pretty much uh yeah which is not awesome like i wasn't rooting for that part but i just wanted my team to win and so um yeah like i just think that these players they just have they have the pedigree they have the elite pedigree of the elite clubs that they play for and they've just been in this rough environment and they know how to win close games i think a lot of people they often think when they watch world cup football they think about the opening scene from the great movie belly and if uh, I believe that song is by the band uh, or the group, pardon me, Soul to Soul. However do you want it, however do you need it. That's how England wins football games. They just figure out a fucking way to do it. There's just Nas and DMX walking through the club with their eyes super bright. Yeah. And that's how we're going to be going through the tunnel on their way to uh, win the World Cup. I, I believe it. They really showed me something in the Columbia match, giving up the goal yeah. to Santos and just, I mean... You would have, like I said, you would have thought they were down 3-4-0 the way they were just slammed on the gas, you know, and they're like, no, no, we're not going to halftime down, like not happening. I feel like they've carried that for three halves of football since then. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they watched the games, bro, and saw, they're like, we're not going to let Australia punk us like they punked France. No way. You know, so that's not happening. And they kind of shut down any kind of shenanigans pretty early and were... You know, they didn't let, you know, we, we kind of like um, chastised France a little bit, Japan the same, that just was like maybe cruising a little too much. None of that with England. Regardless of who scores first, if somebody scores first, I don't think either of these teams change a single thing. They both are going in 100% confident. 
that they're going to be able to um, get one back, get two back, whatever whatever needs to get done. I think both these teams are going to be super confident that they'll be able to make that happen. I love it. Let's fucking go, buddy. I'm right here with you. We're going to make it happen. Um, Damn right. Just for posterity, the third place matchup, Australia is now minus 120, Sweden minus 110. Should be a fun fun one to watch. If you're Australia, it's a letdown. It's, it's both. Like It's great that you made it to the semis. You're in the third place match, but it, you know, you, when you got to the semis, you had to think, well, of course we're going to win again. Of course we're going to make the final. Like you had to be certain of it. Um, and so to be let down like that, and then the same goes for Sweden. Once they beat USA, they had to be like, all right, this is like you said, like, this is, we're the team of destiny. Now we got the vets, we got the young players. We're bigger than everybody. We're stronger than everybody. And so it's like, does anybody want to be there? Like it, it, it does always make me wonder if this is a silly game to be played. Uh, but they're all, they're all also professionals who want to play super hard. I think if I, if I were to bet some of my money, I think I would bet Sweden. Cause I think they're going to be more pissed off than Australia. And they'd be like, well, we're not going to walk in here and get rolled. And I just think that they're a better team. I'm going to continue. I'm going to stay on the same track as you have been on throughout this tournament. If you look at the two rosters, I think Sweden has a significantly better roster than Australia. But then you also have, are, are they going to be lifted up by tens of thousands of fans uh, to, to put them in the position to win? So I think it's a, it's a stay away for me. I, I would agree with that. I think Sweden at plus 155 to win in the 90, sort of interesting, not super duper tasty, yeah. but I think worth a mention. I do think Sweden kind of takes care of business just cause like, I think they're the more polished professional experienced side. Yep. And I think they're going to want to, you know, kind of leave this tournament with a bit of a win. Right. Um, yep. And Australia, I think, like I said, I, I mentioned it last week, once they get to the semis, they guarantee themselves two matches. They're going to pack that place. They're going to party props to them much better than I, I was expecting. So eh, I might be talking myself into Sweden. I don't know. Follow us on Twitter at TastyBitsPod. We, we might throw out there something, some, some, something in the in the late evening hours. Did you have anything else uh, on the final? Yeah, I think that I think that's it, man. I think uh, it was a hell of a World Cup. By the next time we reconvene, we'll, we'll be able to talk about what happened. And uh, I think there's other there's other football uh, of concern for this podcast. Fair enough. Let's let's do a little bit of a mini recap on what we took. So we both are taking over two and a half goals for the match, one unit each. Or actually, I'm doing over three and a half. There's a little tenth of a unit sprinkling on exact score 2-2 after 90 plus 1600. You're welcome. Love it. Lauren Hemp. I'm taking her quarter unit anytime goal score plus 360. And I think you're co-signing that one. Okay, boom. We're both on yep. that. I'm taking the unicorn, Sama Parihuelo, to score anytime goal score, plus 330. One and a quarter unit for me. Give me all of those. I love it. And then I'm also going to pair that with Aitana Bonmati, quarter unit, anytime goal score as well. That one is plus 600. Very juicy. Nice. And to lift the cup, I'm taking England. Two big boy units for me, minus 102. I'm right there with you. And as a reminder, you know, you've got England to win the World Cup plus 430 full unit as well. I mean, this could really this could be a weekend for your boys. Take a take a big old chunk out of this out of this gambling debt uh, on the dock. Um, so that would be nice. Yeah. Shout out Chucky Schwab. <laughs> Damn right. Um, OK, awesome. So that closed the book on that. Next week, we'll be back 
with a bit of a recap, we'll kind of go through where we landed. But with that said, you know, I think while while neither of us were paying attention too closely, <laughs> Premier League's back, baby. Mm-hmm. There's 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 definitely some stuff to talk about. Your boys look good. My boys look pretty good. You know, a team like yeah. Newcastle, hello, Luton Town. They are who we thought they were. I don't know. Some some fun stuff this uh, this this first week. Very excited to look at some lines and talk about what we might be able to get into where do you want to get started here so you mentioned both my boys uh the uefa super cup uh champions uh, as it were today appreciate it uh just you know just stacking trophies up trying to figure out i think they are just building new additions to the etihad to find places to put all these trophies at this point yeah that one will be Um, on ebay in like 18 months (laughs) nice win over sevilla out in greece um, this afternoon for the uninitiated, the UEFA Super Cup is the winner of the Champions League versus the winner of the Europa League. So obviously our first, uh, our first appearance in there, 1-0, undefeated, never lost in the <laughs> UEFA Super Cup. Uh, um, Real quick, you reminded me when you hit me with a never lost. I know it's not going to happen, but how do we get Jackie Oatley on the final? I was so mad that she wasn't on either semifinal. Like they at at some point, a produce some producers have to look around and be like, okay, well, this was clearly the best team. Like you should get rewarded like referees in like the NBA. Like okay, you're a playoff referee. Like somebody had to be able to do that. I I kind of even take it a step further. I have to imagine that either Strong or um, JP, you know, probably have it in their con. Who uh, both are serious holes in their game. (laughs) I'll say for both of those dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a rough, it's a rough listen. I have to imagine that one of the two, whoever's doing the final, that was probably agreed to contractually. Had to be, maybe, but even before the tournament. And I'm saying, fuck that, throw it out. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, Fox, let's pony yeah. up some money. I'm, I'm sure the ratings have been awesome. Let's pay them their money, right? We've already agreed to it, and let's get Jackie sure. Oatley back in the booth, calling the England final. Shades of uh, Andres Cantor celebrating Argentina, his <laughs> beloved Argentina winning the men's world cup. I, I just want that. Oh, yeah. Like why can't, why can't we have nice things like that? I don't get it, man. Let's just say I co-sign all of that. I don't want to get too far into my De La camera takes, but yeah, man, you are correct. I let's say I agree can be a rough listen. Moving on. <laughs> so the premier league, <laughs> as we discussed, <laughs> Um, so we talked about, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned my boys, Manchester City. I talked about they just played in Greece today. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday, August 16th. Well, they have a match against Newcastle, who looked pretty impressive in their last match. Um, we play them, I believe, on Saturday. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at these lines here just to make sure I have everything up to date. So uh, this game is going to be at the Etihad. It is the first uh, Premier League match uh, at the Etihad this year. First uh, Premier League match as treble winners. City is minus 150 in the 90. The draw is plus 300. And Newcastle is plus 410. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something that I don't love doing. Newcastle looked fucking awesome. They beat the brakes off of Aston Villa 5-1. to one. Uh, Alexander Isaac <laughs> looks good. I just think Newcastle, they get to play City on short rest, on a long travel. Yep. Um, I just think looking at the double chance, which I, I haven't utilized that much, but I think the double chance is in play here. Newcastle plus 115 on the double chance, which means it pays out either if Newcastle wins or if they draw. 
And I think if you're City, where you have De Bruyne's hamstring flared up again, so he's not going to play. Ruben Diaz has a concussion. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, now, obviously, we have we have several other very good players, um, but I think a draw would be a great result for wow. City here, coming flying back from Greece on short rest. I'll take. I understand, like you know, why wouldn't I want to take the juice if I think Newcastle is super live to win? Why wouldn't I want that like plus four hundred? But I just think why not? Why not give myself the option of both? Because they're still Manchester City, and we still have a loaded roster. And if we walk away with a draw, I'm still getting plus money out of it. So as much as I hate to say this, give me Newcastle double chance plus one fifteen. Wow, like you said, Isak's awesome. They just look super loaded. <laughs> yeah. Part of it is, you know, they, they just kind of like ran up and down on Villa. It does kind of feel like they're carrying some of the momentum from last season into this. Like you mentioned, the short week yep. for City. And just the fact that like, I don't know, you think City's really going to get all the way up for this game? If Diaz is out, De Bruyne's out, the one thing that gives me pause is, is City going to let Newcastle come in and beat them at the Etihad? That's true. At the Fortress. That's the one where I'm like, ah, I just don't, that would be some shit. Right. I think City's got enough firepower to be like, we're still like all the way loaded up front. Cole Palmer has been like really interesting. Got to be really excited to see him mm-hmm. stepping up into that, um, in, into the first team, you know, kind of like zone slash atmosphere. I actually liked yeah. in this one, before you even mentioned it, I liked the draw at plus 320 because. Oh, there he is. We're going to go ahead and find the draw early. I mean, what time is it? Eastern time? What are we at? <laughs> 11, 11 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. Just about time to find the draw. <laughs> right. um, plus 320. I like the mm-hmm. number. The thing I like about this is City gets to say, now nah, you're not going to come in and beat us. And Newcastle gets to say, you know, we're here, right? Like, and they're going to feel really good if they do that. I can definitely see them winning too. Plus 440, that's quite attractive. <laughs> but but ultimately, it is City. I, I, I don't want to be the guy betting against City to lose on their home field. Short week, I don't really care. Like, they're, they, yeah. they've, got, they've got enough talent probably on the under 19 team to like really kind of come in and, and get some minutes here if they wanted to but i am going to go yeah half unit it's only the second match week half unit on the draw plus 320 i like the odds like i don't it. know yeah let's we're dusting it off for the for the premier league season it's it's a second second season um in the top flight for <laughs> for america's favorite game find the draw damn right and let me just say though if there if it is a 2-1 loss or a 1-0 loss we will get a great Pep Guardiola post-match press conference where he'll say, oh, and now we lose and people say I should be fired. And Pep, nobody says, <laughs> nobody says you should be fired. Nobody's questioning you. Nobody thinks you're a bad man. Nobody thinks you should have made different subs. You're the guy. If something happens and they lose, we'll get an all-timer. <laughs> so uh, at least we'll get that. And then we'll still probably end up winning the league. So yeah. whatever. Yeah, there's one guy on Twitter that says I should be fired. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's what I hear when he says stuff like that. All right, I I have one that I want to run by you. Let's go. So the second one I looked at, West Ham. I liked I liked the way they looked. You know, they did get outplayed at Bournemouth. Not awesome for sure. But you know, we we're, we are true Moise heads at the TBP. Damn right. I don't know. They've got dudes like Paqueta, Jared Bowen, who who gets the goal, Mikel Antonio, Ben Rama, like, and of course, you know, the other one and only, a one Danny Ings. Still Let's play go. for West Ham. They dusted him <laughs> off, and he got a little he got a little burn in the first match. I saw that they're playing Chelsea. Who? So oh, here we go. The Hammers are at home, right? They're plus three hundred to win. 
Not sure how I'd feel about that. Plus 300 at home. That's that's not nothing. The draws plus 250. Chelsea's favored minus 110. Speaking of Chelsea here, they've got to be ecstatic with the 1-1 draw with Liverpool to open the season. Yep. I think that there might still be some some hangover off that where people are like, oh, okay, well, I guess Chelsea's back. You know, like, I don't know if you really watched that one. Neither of those teams played, you know, particularly well. I am kind of expecting a little bit of a Chelsea letdown here. So I'm thinking about employing the manual double chance, which I'm coining the term the halfy half here, where like we do, do a little quarter unit on West Ham to win plus 300 and a little quarter unit on West Ham and Chelsea to draw plus 250. So I'm kind of double chanting it the long way. And I think the odds are, I don't know, I kind of like them. Like, I think they're they're both in the same range. And I think a Chelsea letdown on the road feels feels appropriate here. I like where your head's at. And I, I'm glad you say that because I feel like, I think when uh, Pochettino talked about the draw after the Chelsea-Liverpool game, he was like, in his very Mauricio Pochettino way, was just like, this is fine today, but at Chelsea Football Club, we have to win these matches moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he has if he quite has the players yet, uh, Moises Caicedo, I think he's, yeah, he is doubtful for this West Ham game. Um, and he was like one of the guys where I was like, okay, well, like when they, when they made that signing, I was like, mm, our, our Chelsea to finish in the bottom half bet uh, from a few weeks ago, I got a little bit, I was like, ah, Caicedo's fucking really good. No relation to uh, the Colombian Caicedo in the women's world cup, by the way. Um, yeah. I, had to look, I had to look that up, but um but yeah, I can. I, I don't, see I don't believe Moises is Colombian. He is uh, Panamanian. That was what happened when I looked it up. I was like, are they related? And I, <laughs> and I looked up, I was like, nope, totally different countries. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like where your head's at. I'm a little, you, you know, you said we're Moise heads. I like Luis Pacata. I think we should start referring to him as future Manchester City player, Luis Pacata. Because I, <laughs> I feel like he's a Manchester City player. I, I love where your head's at. I'm a little concerned by it. I think I'm I'm going to sit it out, but I but I like what you're doing here. I like the the halfy half of the manual uh, double chance. It's a better. It's more fun to say than than double chance. Yeah. That was my... Did you have anything else? Yes. So I mentioned that Newcastle beat the brakes off of Aston Villa at St. James's Park, uh, Newcastle's uh, home stadium. Now Aston Villa gets to go home and they get to play Everton. And Aston Villa is minus 150 to win in regulation versus Everton. Villa is not like a bullshit team. Like they they had a mm-hmm. good season last year. They got They got dudes on that team. And I, Raj Bennett likes to say, are you looking for an elixir to fix whatever ails you? Play Everton Football Club. <laughs> um, so I think if Aston Villa didn't get absolutely fucking blasted last week, I feel like they would probably be minus 200, minus 210 to beat Everton at home. And I just think if you're Aston Villa, you're probably in a pretty foul mood after that shellacking to Newcastle. And you're going to look and say, okay, well, we got a minus four goal differential right now. Let's go. Let's tighten that up right here in week two of the Premier League season. Um, I'm not going to get cute with this one. Aston Villa, minus 150 at home. Not the juiciest uh, odds, but just I'll, I'll take the money. I'm co-signing this. Um, <laughs> th- this one's an easy one for me. I think, you know, the Villa bounce back. Yeah. It's going to seem really obvious in retrospect. Like, okay, okay, of course. Who would they want to play? 
Right. Of course, they'd want to play Everton uh, in this one. But that got me thinking, well, that's going to be a half unit for me. It feels like a little bit of value there as well, even though it's a minus number. Yep. So odds to get relegated. Because as you start to talk about Everton, they've been just on the cusp for two. Eh, you can maybe even throw in a, a third year where they were sort of hovering. Uh, but the last two seasons, for sure, they've been right on, on the razor's edge. Yep. To get relegated, they're plus 240. Oh boy. Now, do we think, you know, you see Anthony Gordon playing somewhere else and, you know, they've obviously lost um, a good amount of their talent. I actually don't see how they stay up. <laughs> they look they look so bad. I, I kind of like almost bet this in the preseason. Wanted to see how they looked. They did not look good. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what kind of help is coming for them. I wasn't prepared for this, but plus 240, that feels like a full unit for me. On uh, I feel bad for our guy, Raj, but I just don't see it. And if you're going to give me plus, I mean, significantly plus odds at plus 240, I just like that bet for a full unit. I can see it. I mean, so let's play the game. Luton Town going down, right? Gone. No shot. See you later. Sheffield United. See you later. And now we have a bet. I believe we have a bet on Wolves, which I yes, thought we was do. super sneaky by great find by you. I can't remember what the odds were on that. Oh, I'm looking at it, buddy. Plus 500 it was. Buddy, it, yeah. And now it's plus 230. You're a fucking soothsayer. <laughs> Let's fucking go. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to uh, check again. You Like you pointed out, like we've been so wrapped up in like trying to, trying to make some money off the World Cup. Nottingham Forest is plus 220 to get relegated. I don't think they're nearly as bad as Sheffield or definitely not Luton Town. I don't think they're as bad um, as I don't think they're as bad as Everton. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Forest yeah. is better than Everton. Like come on. I mean, I was I'm I'm a big Forest. I was a Forest head going back to last year. I, right. I thought they were super live. Yeah. We we made some money off them, um, you know, drawing some matches that they, they really shouldn't even have been involved in. But um, they hung tough, and they kind of just strike me as one of those teams that is going to get better as the season progresses. They survived that first season. They looked pretty decent against Arsenal. They had chances, um, just didn't have the quality to kind of like stay in the match. Um, but again, goal differential is only minus one. They kind of hung in there at the Emirates. If I had to bet, I'm definitely betting that Forrest finishes ahead of Everton. I think that's probably pretty live. I mean, I think Everton is a bottom five team. It's just a matter of can they avoid relegation, I think. So I like where your head's at. I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with Wolves and I might after this match against Villa, I might be I might be feeling sorry when those Everton odds go down and it's minus money for them to get relegated, but I wish you well and I know like you said, our guy Raj, we don't want we don't want to see it happen to him. And they no. still got they still got ginger pep roving the sidelines, Sean Dyche. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fucking tough sledding for them. I mean, if they're sitting on no points after two matches, I mean, they're already well on their way, yeah. right? And it's not like they played some heavy <laughs> heavyweights out of the gate. Um, yeah, they lost one nil at home to Fulham. I think they're just trending in that direction. I'm going to go ahead and grab that plus 240. And it really is a play based on the idea that you can't live that dangerously for two, three, four years where you're just you know, one ball here, one ball there, and you're out, right? Like, yep. I think at some point that catches up with you, even just from an exhaustion standpoint. It's got to be tough to to have that be your reality. So unfortunately, I think this is the year where they where they just kind of do the full-on uh, backslide. And again, 
shout out to our guy Raj. Hate to see it happen, but um, plus two forty. <laughs> gotta take it. <laughs> yeah, too uh, tasty. Too tasty. I got one last one to kind of throw out here. I already kind of broke the seal on the find the draw with Newcastle and City. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Let's crank it up a notch. There we so go. I'm looking for the full unit. What I like, again, just to rehash, find the draw, game that's sweeping the nation little by little. At what point will the entire nation be swept? We're not sure. But um, again, we're, we just chip away the same way we do with the Tasty Stats Google Doc. Um, I like to peruse the lines, look at the teams, look at the matchups. Chelsea Liverpool would have been an obvious one in uh, week one, although I kind of hate Chelsea. So um, I don't know if I, w- I would actually bet it. But in retrospect, makes total sense that that was a draw. Now, looking at the lines this week, we've got two fake ass contenders going head to head Tottenham Hotspur, Manchester United uh-huh. uh, at Tottenham. The line's not the tastiest, plus 260. But when it comes down to it, I don't think either team is good enough to beat the other. Teams feel very evenly matched. Obviously, Harry Kane's out the door. That leaves a little bit of a vacuum. We'll see if somebody steps up into that role. But United, I don't think they're very good. We talked about some of their new signings, like Basin Mountain, uh, some others that were maybe not at the same level as some of the other big sixes. Yeah, They stole one from Wolves at home, <laughs> You know, yeah. getting a pretty lucky VAR decision uh, go their way. And like I said, I, I don't see them... I don't see Tottenham beating them, uh, even though they are at home. And I definitely don't see United winning. So this is just a Spider-Man meme with both them pointing at each other. <laughs> All the while, I'm uh, maybe taking home a nice big fat plus 260 uh, with a full unit taking uh, my second find the draw pick. And again, this is this is the, maybe the first official find the draw because you know it is the full unit. I like the number here. What, what do you expect in this one? Mm, man. Tottenham, no Harry Kane. That's man, what a what a crazy fucking adjustment. Like a whole like seismic shift for the entire club. Do we have some Ewing theory stuff here going on? Like are they gonna, you know, first like gigantic mm. match at Hotspur Stadium? Like are they gonna be able to kind of pull this out? Can I just add like a, a quick side question? Do you think United finishes in the top four? Um that would mean I, who are they contending with? I guess Liverpool there. Liverpool, Tottenham. We're penciling in City, City Arsenal, and Newcastle. Oh, you're penciling Newcastle. I think Newcastle is 100 in. I mean, they're fucking loaded. Like, and they they had the vibes that I love, which is outperformed the prior season. Didn't quite rest on their laurels. They're like, no, no, no. We're like, we're only like a third of the way of where we want to be. Yeah, to see them come out and blast Villa. And it wasn't like they they caught like they, these were just like big boy like we're just better than you like we're better <laughs> yeah. we're faster we're stronger we've got an attack that you, you just there's nothing you can do about this they overwhelmed Villa is I guess the best way to put it That's a good way to put which it. usually with a big score line you know most of the time it, it is that kind of game but not always uh, but this was a real um, overrun of that team. So I think they're 100% legit. I mean, I love Arsenal. I love City. I think they're right there. I think I think you have to put them right there in that conversation. We're going to learn a lot this weekend about them. But I think I've got them penciled in as my top three real firm. I think it, it's going to take something special for one of these other teams to, to kind of crack that. So if we're thinking about that fourth spot, yeah, like you said, it's United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, and whoever else you want to throw in that mix. But I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think United is probably a top four 
team. Um, right now they're minus 150 to finish in the top four. So to go descending order, um, United minus 150. I mean, I, City is minus 2,000. <laughs> Arsenal is uh, my, minus 270. And then you have United at minus 150, Liverpool at minus 140, Chelsea at minus 110, which feels way too high. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> Newcastle. That's at, insane. <laughs> Newcastle at plus 120. And then you have the precipitous drop to Brighton at plus 430 and Tottenham at plus 500. So they like... They like United. I, I think we talked about it. The Mason Mount move, I, I was unmoved by that, largely. I think he's fine. You know what? I'm, I'm going to ride with you, man. Tottenham, find the draw. Playing in front of the home crowd. You're playing United. Everybody fucking stand up and go, this is our fucking club. Like, we, we lost our guy. He, Harry Kane, I fucking, I, I always forget the age, but I feel like everybody said it a hundred times since he signed with Bayern Munich. He's played there since he was 11 years old. They signed him to the Academy of Tottenham when he was 11. Jeez. Um, and it's just like, circle the wagons, baby. Let's fucking go. Let's hold tight. And like you said, I don't think they're good enough to beat United, but if they come away with a draw, I think everybody walks away like super pumped. Yeah, and I think looking at these odds, top four, Tottenham's plus 500, like you said. United's minus 150, so Vegas thinks United's better. Yeah. That kind of like makes for maybe an even matchup. I think the more likely scenario of us losing this one would be Tottenham finding a winner. You know, like you said, Sonny steps into that role or maybe or yeah you know the ewing theory or i mean something something wild happens there um but uh, yeah i'm glad you're joining find the draw tottenham united plus 260 that that feels like a proper breaking of the seal on a, on america's favorite game i love it i want to give you one other shout out because you pointed me in a direction that i just cannot resist newcastle plus 120 to finish in the top four <laughs> you're gonna give me plus odds now let me take you through a scenario. You took the double chance. So obviously you're not going to be shocked if, you know, they win one, two, one or one nil at the Etihad this weekend. Let's say they do that. And let's say Arsenal draws with Palace because Palace always plays them tough, you know, crosstown rivals. I think North London, South London. Yep. Um, Palace looks like shit, but, you know, they I don't know. They always play us tough. Now you might have Newcastle sitting at the top of the table, six points, two matches, big time goal differential. And I think we've seen this, I'd say most most of the past 10 seasons where a team starts super duper hot and just rides that all the way into January, right? Like nine points out of three matches and they just are cooking there in first until, you know, we saw Arsenal kind of like have a little bit of that last season run out of gas, but um, Liverpool, you know, there was a Chelsea, there was a couple, I think there was a couple of Chelsea years there. Leicester, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they got out to a super hot start and just nobody could catch them. Yep. So we might be in a, in a place where Newcastle is just sitting alone at the top of the table potentially. And I just don't see them. They're, they're not the fifth best team in the league. Like they're just not like, yep. where did they finish last year? Third, fourth? Yeah. One of the I, two. Yeah. I think they finished in third last year. Before we did this exercise, I told you I had them penciled in top three. Yeah. Um, plus 120 for top four, that's all day for me. That's going to be another full unit. I know we're, <laughs> we're, start, we're starting pretty hot <laughs> with this match week too, but this one at least, uh, you know, I'll get a lot of mileage out of it because we won't we won't know the uh, the final outcome till the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle finished fourth, and it was they had that game against Chelsea that I put the double unit on 
the last game of the season. And if they would have won and United would have lost. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah, I think you were saying they're going to want to finish third. And that's that's on the table for them. And like, you yes. know. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm going to ride with you on that because I, I, I. Let's fucking go. You took me over the top with they're not the fifth best team in the league. They're they're absolutely one of the four best teams in the league. Um, yeah. And so you would need you would need either Chelsea or Liverpool, I think, are the two most likely, especially. And I and I have faith in Brighton. I don't like how many players Brighton is selling. And I'm just like, uh, like, I get I, I think I get their long term vision of like, let's keep making money and develop these young players. And then maybe we can be like spend a shitload of money to keep them home. I think that's the long term strategy. But yeah, it's, I think it, it's going to be tough sledding for them to like almost turn over like key players in their midfield and for Brighton to hop them. So, yep, that's a long way of me saying Newcastle plus 120, finish top four, riding. Let's go. All right. Wonderful. I think we crushed this first slash second week of the Premier League. It's, um, it's so good to have it back. I mean, you know, we've been heads down on the Women's World Cup, which has been amazing in its own right. But yeah, there's just something about the Premier League. It, Peter Drury, you know, he's <laughs> just doing his thing, and Hell yeah. we get some Rebecca Lowe, you know, some Tim Howard. I mean, it's uh, it, props to NBC. Yeah, production value is is unbelievable. Like they really, in a lot of ways, have created this this market in the U.S. for the Premier League. It's just top notch. I mean, I think to me, nobody covers football the way uh, NBC and Peacock are covering the Premier League. It's just yeah. It's it's really it's really something. Yeah, for sure, they're great. Uh, you know, like you said, Rebecca Lowe, Tim Howard, all as many Robbies as you can possibly fucking handle. Uh, yeah, they they do a good job with the coverage. It's, and it it feels like there aren't a lot of announcers that I hear that I'm like, ah, this one's on. Uh, and plus, obviously, shout out to the god Jackie Oli, who you see, who you hear on uh, the Premier League uh, every now and again. And if there's anybody out there listening that can make this happen, let's get Jackie Oli onto the final. <laughs> um, I just want to hear her calling, you know, Lauren Hemp getting a goal or Lauren. J I just, I, I need it one more time. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait four more years for that. And she's earned it. Yeah. And, and Lori Lindsay is an awesome uh, partner for, for Oli as well. hundred percent. They've got great, uh, great chemistry. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's hit the recap. Um, let me know if I miss anything. So you are taking Newcastle double chance plus plus one fifteen against your boys. Soccer gods be damned. I like that one. Aston Villa minus 150 at home against Everton. Yep. That one is a cosine, full unit for me. I'm sorry, full unit for you, half unit for me. I am taking in that same Newcastle City match, plus 320. Little baby find the draw, half unit. Um, so give me that one. West Ham against Chelsea. I'm doing the old halfy half. So this is going to be a quarter unit on West Ham to win, plus 300. Quarter unit on West Ham and Chelsea to draw plus two fifty, um, fade in Chelsea. Um, stay tuned for that. There's going to be a lot of that this season. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, you know, keep it locked. Everton to get relegated. Sorry, Raj, plus two forty, too tasty for your boy. Um, that's going to be a full unit for me. Uh, and then we've got a cosine here on a full unit of find the draw. Tottenham against United plus two sixty. We both like that one. And then one last cosine just for good measure. Newcastle to finish top four. Full unit for both of us, plus 120. That one will keep us interested all season long, I think. Did I miss anything? I think that is it, my good man. Wonderful. 
All right. I think we did it. This has been another episode of the Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on Twitter, Reddit, and Threads. Subscribe to the Tasty Bets Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to watch or listen. And remember to always, always, always bet responsibly. Don't be like us in the quarterfinals. Bet responsibly, people. Like let's let's save let's save some of that cash. It's gonna be a long season. It's only the second Premier League weekend. Uh, a lot of football to be played. We've got some more sports down the pike coming real soon. Uh, big thank you to my co-host. Best of luck to you this weekend. Good luck, buddy. I know you already said it, but let me just remind folks, stay tuned to the Tasty Bets Pod Twitter feed. Danny Ings plus 900 to score. You never know. <laughs> Ings. Let's go, Ings. All right, man. Take care. All right, buddy. Good luck. Good luck.